Thanks for tuning in to No Cap, the internet's gloatness podcast. I'm Jason Priestess. He is the legendary Tyvis Powell. How are you today, my man? You know what? I'm doing good, Jason. You know, at you starting early today. You got the jokes going. You already got me laughing. <laughs> I can tell <laughs> that we're having a good one today. <laughs> we are. We got some good stuff to talk about this week. Uh, something great happened last week that we kind of kind of talked about how nice it would be if that great thing could happen, and it finally did. Ain't that yeah. something? Won't he uh, do it? Won't he do it? <laughs> oh, man. What a night. What a night we had on, uh, on Friday with the Bucks taking care of business. And we'll get into that here soon enough. Uh, you can find No Cap on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and elsewhere. We're thankful for your support, having a lot of fun doing this. And uh, let's get right to it, man. Friday night, Ohio State did to dabble what it needed to do. <laughs> and we Were we just talking the week before about how nice it would be just to have a comfortable win, kick the shoes off a little bit? Yeah, we did. We were like, wouldn't it be nice to go on 21 points and just, you know, just be cruising in the fourth quarter? And show enough, they show it's like that. You know what? I'm telling you, I this is this half is too much. We're getting so popular that they start to listen to us before the game. I, I'm you can't tell me otherwise. Oh, I know they are, man. It was on the t- I guarantee it was part of the team flight. They just had everyone listening to the show. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, when those games are the best. Number three, Ohio State 49, number two, Clemson 28 in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, when the, the fourth quarter's rolling around and your most pressing concern at that point in time is like, what's the best meme I can make to roast these guys? I mean, like, that's that's all your worry is at that point. Yeah, it was, but, you know, he, he was such an easy target. Dabo did all this to himself. You know, he deserved everything he got. And it was just like, man, it felt so good to finally catch a dub over there. Because, you know, he was killing us. But, you know, we finally and – the, and the way they did it, just the fashion that they did it, it was Trevor Lawrence's last game. They ended him with a pick. Dabo got shut out. To, well, he didn't get shut out, but he we won by 21 points. So, you know, in, in video game terms, you know, you got to pass the controller over to the next guy because that's game. He got passed the <laughs> Yeah, he got passed the sticks. <laughs> Dabo got his sticks taken, man. I like, I like that approach. Were you nervous when it was, uh, you know, when Clemson scored right away and then they, they held Ohio State to a three and out? Did you have a little bit of doubt at all back then? No, I didn't doubt him. It was it, it kind of was like the feeling that I had when we went to the national championship when Oregon scored on us. It was like, all right, now listen, they ain't playing with us now. They're coming to play type thing. So y'all better get ready and lock in. And then, you know, obviously our next drive, we didn't score. I think we punted, but the drive after that, they got things rolling. And once I seen how Justin was going and how Chris was going. I was like, yeah, it's going to be something special. And they just kept connecting all night, man. It was just a magical night. Yeah, it was, man. It truly was a magical night. You know, for fans, it felt a lot like, at least for me, when you were on the team that beat Alabama. Because back then it was, oh, man, Ohio State can't beat the SEC. Ohio State can't beat – and you guys did it. It was so great. And then this time it was like, oh, they can't beat Clemson, man. They can't beat Dabo. They can't beat Clemson. And they did it. And it was so great. I mean, this is, you know, and the game that Ryan Day put together with, with Brent Venables and I don't know how many times Herbie and um, Fowler mentioned Venables during the game, but especially Herbie, Brent Venables, Brent Venables, but <laughs> Ryan Day sliced him. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he definitely, you know what they all, this is what we've been expecting though. You know, it's like, you know, all all through this season, you know, we had glimpses of of how great you know this offense could be, and you know, offense has been pretty consistent, I would say, 
through mm-hmm. the whole season. So it was just good to see them put it all together and, and do it against a worthy opponent because, you know, obviously, you know, people look at the Big Ten this year and it seemed like it was kind of a down year for the Big Ten with with the terms of the teams that we played. And just to go out there and see them do it against some great competition was just like, all right, y'all ready, y'all legit. Yeah, and, and you know what? You know, you and I picked Ohio State to win this game, of course, but a lot of people didn't, man. And, and you know, the way that what Clemson did to Notre, Notre Dame in the ACC championship, man, a lot of people are like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> watching Ohio State against <laughs> Northwestern, they're like, oh, here we go. But, uh, man, just a magic night. The Stars came out to play for the Buckeyes. Justin Fields, he was 22 of 26 at one time. He finished 22 of 28, so he missed his last two, which didn't matter at that point. But 22 of 28 overall, 385 yards, six touchdowns on Brent Venables, man. What can you say about his game? You know what? It's that that's that vintage Justin Fields, you know, the one that we've seen in the first couple of games of the season where – he had more touchdowns than incompletions. This time he had the exact same amount of incompletions as he did touchdown pass. So, you know, his, you could tell. And, you know, before the game, he said that he prepared he prepared for this yeah. game like harder than anything he's ever done. Like this was the hardest focus he's had on the game. And it showed, man, he was magical that night. It was special. It was like he could do no wrong, you know. And even with him taking the, the rib shot, you know, the crazy thing about it is he was out for one play. As bad as it looked, uh, he was no. only out for one play, comes back in, throws a touchdown, Dude. and then go hobble <laughs> off to the sideline. Like, like, the kid is definitely special. Like, come on. Now the man throws a touchdown with, with messed up ribs, can barely throw it. Now the ball was a little wobbly, but it was still on the money. Like, it was come a dog, on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, if I get hit like he got hit, I, uh, I'm holding a press conference and retiring right in the middle of the game. I'm telling <laughs> you right now. <laughs> it's been a good run. I'm done. Good luck, boys. <laughs> this, you know what? It's, got, it's the vegan thing, man. The vegan. Yeah. <laughs> he, just a gutty, gutty performance. Uh, feel bad for that Clemson linebacker. He, uh, No, I don't. I don't feel bad. What am I saying? <laughs> uh, this is two years in a row. He got knocked out in the, in the final game of the season for, for targeting. So he needs to, does, he needs to does fix that something. Classic? Does that classify him as a dirty player? You know what? I want to say yes, but <laughs> he found Justin after the game, apologized to him on the field. There's footage of that. And then he had a tweet the next day that said, it's not who I should be. I need to be a better better player. I can't let my teammates down. I'm sorry to Justin. So I can't hate him, you know, because he said all that. Now, if he would have just did it and didn't say anything, then, yeah, he, he you know, he's got to die or something. But, like – So, it sounds like he's just, he's a good player, you know. He he's, just – yeah, he's just got a knucklehead. He gets a little – I think he gets a little too excited, man. I think he means well. He, he, you know, he he said all the right things after the game. He found Justin on the field, apologized, put a tweet out apologizing, saying he needs to be better about that stuff. So, it's hard for me to hate people like that. But uh, at the time, I hated him for a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Okay, right? so let me ask you. So let me ask you, did, did, did Dabo say anything nice about this after the game? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, you know, do, you hate, do you hate the guy? Uh, yeah, still hate Dabo. <laughs> what can you say? What about Trey Sermon, man? Uh, 31 rushes, 193 yards, one touchdown. My man, what's he doing? 
I, you know what? I think Zeke didn't talk to him or something. Because this is exactly the type of stuff that Zeke was doing when we went for the national championship. He like, like Zeke was good throughout the whole season. Don't get me wrong. But when right. we got to them last three games, it's just like he flipped the switch and he just turned into this animal. You're and right. it's like, that's exactly what he's doing. It's like, man, that's why I say like the, the, uh, the similarities of this team and the, the team that, that I was on, we won the national championship. It's like, it's very similar. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of the same stuff going on. So I know that they got the right recipe to get things done. Yeah, it does feel eerily similar. He's got, I think Trey's got 636 in his last three. And of course, Zeke had a very similar run in his last three, four games. Chris Olave, six for 132, two touchdowns. I know it was important to him because, you know, he's the guy that ran the wrong route the year before, right? You broke off his route the wrong way and that led to the interception at the end of the game. Yeah, you know, and him missing the Big Ten championship game was probably big on his heart, too, because, you know, obviously he watched Justin struggle a little bit. So, you know, he wanted to come out there and make sure that Justin was comfortable and was going to have a good game. And obviously he made that happen. He was out there looking like Devin Smith, wasn't he? He was just just (laughs) blowing right past everybody. I was like, is this – I am very interested to know what his 40-yard dash time is when it comes that time. I I have to know because – it's not like he looks like he that fast, but when you just watch him, it's just like he just fly past people. And it was it was to the point where it's actually kind of comical. Like, man, it's like he really getting behind y'all like this. Like, y'all know it's coming. Like, do something. Where, what do you think he's going to run? You got any predictions? Hey, got to be about 4-4 four, four low. You I think say, so? I, I say about 4-4-5. Four, four, he is sneaky fast, man. That's He's, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's got to be something like that. <laughs> You're he right. Get out there and drop four, five, five. We'll be like, really? <laughs> <laughs> he must have just hypnotized people and run by him or something. They didn't believe in it. No, he, uh, yeah, he's, he's doing something. Guy's very, very smooth. The body control's always been there, but you're right. Like, he doesn't seem like a burner, but he they, every time you look up, he's three yards past someone. So what's going on, you know? Right. Something. He, he must got a good grab and pull technique. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> something. Break it down. What about some of the unsung stars in this game? The Ohio State defensive line, man. I thought they were outstanding. Yeah, we, as I told you before, we was going to have to have a big – um, game out of them, and they showed up and showed out, man. They was after Trevor so crazy. It, it was he was overwhelmed. That's the first time that I looked at Trevor and was like, man, like he if he's struggling a little bit with this pressure, wait till he yeah. gets to the next level. Like they they <laughs> they dial it up so crazy that your offensive line don't even know where it's coming from, and somebody just come off to just come scot free, and it's up to you to either stand there and make the play or maneuver or something. It's just like he couldn't get out the way. He was making bad throws. It just, he just looked bad that game. He did, man. Looked confused a lot. I mean, he still threw for 400, which is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, no, for yeah. sure he did. I, like I said, I understand that he's probably still going to be the number, the first pick in the draft, and he definitely earned it because I didn't I didn't say he played bad. I just said this yeah. is the first time that I've seen him look like like – confused like wow what's going on like, he ain't know what to do with the ball yeah so when you're watching this guy are you excited like a fan is are you on the edge of your couch are you yelling at your tv or like are you like us a little bit yeah now nah, you know what i'm 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 calm but when i see them score when i see a lot they kept going behind him and catching that ball for touchdown i was jumping for joy like woo. <laughs> <laughs> then i then when we get to the tight ends i was just like what what type what is what world are we living in now? This is when did the tight ends become just like 
this dominant group like this. Like they was out there. I think they was the ones that scored like the first three touchdowns. It was like they could do nothing with the tight end. You know, you don't see him all year, and then Rucker and Farrell have three touchdowns that night. And I know you're a tight end hater, but you get a little <laughs> no, bit I, for, listen, for these guys. I had to give them their props, man. Like, you know what, though? No, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's because nobody respects the tight end, man. It's like they didn't – the Clemson probably didn't even pay them no mind. And that's probably what Ryan Day was setting up the whole time. He's like, like listen, guys, I'm not going to hit – we're going to hit y'all a couple of times during the season, but we're not going to overdo it because we want y'all to be the special thing, you know, when, when we go against these good teams, they they don't scout the tight ends. And that's probably what they were selling that recruit. That's why he committed that one game. <laughs> he so like, listen, we, we go, we, yeah, he, he was probably at home watching this game like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> counting, the, counting the money. Uh, you, you guys are known for – Ohio State's known for – adding a little bit of Michigan preparation like each week of the season, doing something small here and there, kind of building towards that Michigan game. Do you Are we at the point now where Michigan's so bad that they're doing a little bit of Clemson? They did a little Clemson prep every week. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that possible? I, I'm pretty sure they definitely added that in there, but they they will never, ever get rid of that team up north prep. It, it's going to – because that's when the bad things happen. When you try to, like, ah, they suck. You know, we ain't got to worry about doing tight thing. That's when the bad stuff happens. You got to so, keep them yeah. down. You got to keep them oh, down, Oh, yeah. Right? So, yeah. so you're going to always be on your toes. So They're going to make sure that we keep this history going where we just keep winning every year after year after year. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Offensive line, I thought, too, man. Very, very good, man. Ohio State, I think they – Fowler at one point in time was talking about the number of runs over 10 yards Ohio State had like in the third quarter they had 10 rushes over 10 yards already you got Mayan Williams a little fat boy out of Cincinnati that's his nickname I'm not calling him that he call he calls himself that fat boy out there barreling over these dudes <laughs> putting the shakes on him I mean the line was fantastic to not have Harry Miller throwing a backup throwing another backup looked amazing and uh yeah if you can win the trenches man you gotta you gotta you got a chance in any game you play yeah, and that's going to be one of the big things for this upcoming game. Is the, it's always the battle in the trenches. If you can run the ball effectively, you can, it opens up things for every, for every other player on the field. And for them, you know, we give Trey Sermon all the credit for him, for the games that he's had, but somebody's opening up those holes for him. So you got to give kudos to the offensive line. Anytime, which I'm pretty sure he probably does because every running back at Ohio State is taught to always give praise to the offensive line no matter how good or what you think you may have done, it was probably the offensive line that got that done for you. And, you know, they just been playing out of their minds lately, man. It's unreal. It's, yeah, they're a fun group to watch, too, because I'm pretty sure they're close and together. You know, we called our offensive line the slob daddies back in the day. That's right. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so they probably picked up that little swag that they had, and they all sticking together and making things happen. Yeah, any smart running back, is if he's having a good year, is going to thank his offensive line every time he gets a chance. And you know what's funny? I don't know if there's a coach alive that loves play action more than Ryan Day, and I know as a safety play action is probably in your nightmares a little bit sometimes here and there, right? You know, this is, see, this is the thing with play action. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing, okay. It depends on who the linebacker is. So, for example, let me go. Let me take you to the NFL. So, if I'm playing safety, and my linebacker is Reuben Foster because I was with the 49ers. Reuben was the linebacker. Uh -huh. So Reuben, 
He if he gonna bite on play action, as long as he's stopping the run, I I take that, okay? Cause I I cover your back on that play action, cause I understand that you you your mind is set on stopping this running back. Makes sense. So you gonna go up there, fly up there, and every now and then you get caught in the play action. That's cool. I take that. You know, as long as that running back don't pop free and I ain't got to do nothing, you gonna handle that. All right, I got you on this path. But if it ain't working like that, like yeah, play action can be really. Really scary. And then as a corner, it depends on how the corner, how the coach is, is playing it that week. So, for example, in the league, when I was playing with San Fran, it was some weeks that the, our corners would take the over route. Like, the, so the receiver would run like a 15-yard over route mm-hmm. on play action. And it's hard as heck to cover because they be rolling, okay? <laughs> so you got to be rolling. And some weeks we would drop it. Like, so the linebacker is, a, is initially supposed to be – whoever that backside linebacker is, he's supposed to turn around and pick it up for you. And you can drop it. Like, once he get it, you can drop off of it. But it's also some weeks where they like, all right, you just got to run with it the whole week. And that's when it gets bad because it's depending on who the receiver is or how fast he is. It's it's challenging. Like, Tyreek Hill trying to take Tyreek Hill on the over route. Like, that is it's, – it's, it's almost impossible. Like, you, you need some help somewhere. So, that's when play action becomes like, man – Cause if them linebackers get caught up in it, it's it's rough. <laughs> yeah, all, all alone for a safety. For our listeners who may not know, what is an over route? What's that look like? An over route is like a fifteen. It's fifteen yards over. So you start. They start up off the up the field like and at an angle, and then they just like get to about fifteen yards, and they just take it all the way across the field. Like it's, it's like it's like a skinny post, but it's like over though. Like. A lot of running, and, huh? then, and then depending on where you at on it, they either take it up or they'll flatten it off. If you're on top of the route, they'll flatten it off, like going straight towards the sideline because mm-hmm. it makes it harder for you to cover and it's easier to throw for the for the quarterback. But if you underneath, they'll take it up the field and the quarterback will throw it all the way over your head. Now you on a foot race trying to stop them from catching the deep ball. So, yeah, it's, it's challenging. Fun times, man. And speaking of uh... – Speaking of safety play, uh, seven banks, man. Oh, yeah. Not a true safety. Not a true safety. But he, made, he made you I, proud, though. He made you proud, right? I, I was grinning. Look, <laughs> I look like I look like the Kool-Aid man. I just <laughs> grinning like, yes. You know what? I'm so tired of everybody saying, you should take a knee. You should yeah. take a knee. Why did you take the ball out the end zone? You guys and are bonded forever, man. You're brothers listen, for life. I was sitting there when he caught that ball. I was sitting there like, you better not. You better not. <laughs> you probably had the same thought I had. He was like, I'm going to go ahead and house this thing. And he took, he gave, you know what? He got further than I did. I'll tell you that. He, he did get a little further. But, yeah, I mean, another guy that caught a ball at the end of the Sugar Bowl, that uh, an interception that you could have taken a knee, the game's over. But, man, you saw – you want to score, huh? I get it. Y'all, both of you guys had t- touchdowns in mind, and I completely understand that. Listen, it's a new tradition. When you <laughs> Sugar Bowl, picks in the end zone, you got to come out. Run them out. I don't care how much time left. You got, as a matter of fact, I don't think nobody's ever would be worse than my If I did it, anybody should be able to do it, okay? <laughs> I did it with the game on the line, as people would say. With the game on the line. Yeah. yeah. Anybody should be doing it. Every For now on, we get to the Sugar Bowl or – Anytime we, yeah, I just call we just call it the Sugar Bowl for right now. We'll expand keep, it later. Keep it there. Yeah, keep I, it at the Sugar Bowl. We get the Sugar Bowl. You get a pick in the end zone. You got to take it out. 
I was telling my wife of the significance of it, and I was telling her how, like, it was a seven-point game when you did it, so if you fumbled, the coaches would have killed you. <laughs> you know? They would have. Listen, I don't know why everybody think. Yeah, like, I do so. All right, I am wild sometimes. I'm a loose cannon at times. But y'all got to be crazy to think that I would fumble the ball. Like, there's no way that I would fumble the ball. I ain't that crazy. I do. I, I rolled the dice a couple of times, but I ain't about to do that. Man, the helmets and the, the punches come from the backside. You don't see them. You know, sometimes you don't know you're about to fumble, right? Well, that's the th- well if my teammates would have been there, we, we wouldn't even have to worry about it. They should have escorted me to the end zone. It would have been the go. easiest touchdown in, in history because they gave up. They didn't care no more. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? If you get a chance to score, you got to take that. And <laughs> if seven would have scored and he would have crossed I would have been, zone, I'd have been jealous of him. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> well, jealous. What, if, what if he crossed the end zone, scores there, and then he punts the ball into the stands? And you know he's listening. You know he's, he's a legend forever. Yes. He, he, and it was against Clemson and Dabo, too. It's like spitting in Dabo's face. <laughs> he would have been a legend. They would have they had a stand. You know what? He would have been outside of the Woody next to me and Woody, cause I'm definitely I should definitely be on Woody's shoulder. <laughs> I, should be, I should have an elbow leaning on Woody's shoulder, and then it would have been seven right there. That's how good. That's how legendary he would have been. I love it. You when COVID's over, you got to get back down there and uh, and 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 talk to him, man. Make him your little brother for life, cause you guys are you guys are connected now forever. For sure. Connected forever. You want to hear my hot take is also, I thought he played a pretty good game at cornerback. I thought, you know, he gave up a long ball early, but he had really good coverage. A guy pushed off on that first drive and then he broke yeah. up a pass in the end zone. So my hot take right now is he, he, he's better than Sean Wade at cornerback. And I'm not going to say it too loud because I don't want Sean's, Sean's dad to come bark outside my house. But, uh, you know, I think, I think right now, if, if you're looking at the, the corner, you want to put on Alabama's best receiver. I'm, 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 if I'm Ohio State, I'm thinking long and hard right now about putting seven on that guy Monday night? Uh, uh, can't do it, huh? No, not with me. I don't know if I'm there yet because, see, it's not really a fair thing to say because seven is like – so seven's been playing corner, like, since he got to Ohio State. Like, that's mm-hmm. been his – main position a lot of people forget the fact that Sean Wade played nickel last year like that was his spot so if you never played nickel like it's different like I understand like you're a defensive back you should be able to do everything but it's different because you got like the space is like different I don't it's it I'm gonna try to say it in the best I can but like when you checking somebody in the slot like it's it's more space for sure but Uh You know, linebackers is right there. You know, you got a whole like seven or six other guys that's in the box right there. Not so, so it's, much it's, on your own, right? Right. So it's like a lot of help is there. And yeah. then if you in like some type of zone, like say you in cover two, like yo, you got help on the outside because the corner is out there. When you out at corner, you so far away from everybody else, and it's just it's different. And then on top of that, like Sean Wade's technique, like it's it's just his pressed man technique. Okay, so there is two types of techniques that I know of. There's the step kick lockout technique, and there is the inch technique. So the step kick lockout, I know for a fact that's what he was getting taught last year because Jeff Halfley was the defense coordinator and he was the DB's coach. And he coached me in San Francisco, and he made me sit outside of OTAs right. for a whole 
45 minutes doing a stair kick lockout just <laughs> I know for a fact that that's what he was being taught. Mm-hmm. Coach Combs, on the other hand, before he went to Tennessee, I would say he definitely was kind of a step kick lock because they were teaching about the same thing. But when I watched Tennessee Titans for corners, like later, like they started inching out more. So it's about what technique works for you. So like, for instance, some corners in the league are good at step kick lockout, but they can't inch. Mm. And it's some people vice versa. They can inch, but they can't step kick lockout. So I think Sean is, this is the first year that Sean is actually playing true corner and, you know, going from one technique to trying to learn the next technique. I don't think he's confident in it at the moment. Like, right. Cause he don't like you, he didn't really have a ton of reps at it. Like you, like those techniques is something that you got to have a solid, year to actually like get it down packed and it's like he you know he missed out on games obviously from COVID missed out on training sessions because of COVID so he hasn't really had a lot of time to really perfect his technique and when I watch him play that's why you can always tell when somebody is not 100% confident in their technique because that's what caused them to bail that's when you like not 100% like, I don't know if I can really get this guy with my technique. So I'm going to bail out and just stay on top, which is what the scouting report is on him, that he's going to bail. Mm-hmm. So it lets me know for a fact that he's not 100% confident in his technique. So with that being said, it's not really fair for me to say that seven is better because I feel like Wade can provide he, his versatility is what makes him the better DB, if that makes sense. It's because he can play. Also, he could play corner and he could play a little bit of safety and he can play nickel. Where right. seven is just a corner. Like he, I don't think he's ever played nickel. So he corner is either corner or nothing. Where Wade, you can move him around in different pieces. So that's what makes him the more valuable DB, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, that's actually great insight. Uh, this can this concludes my TED talk. <laughs> that, that, that was a great TED talk. That's the, the insight you're only going to get on no cap here with Tyvis Kyle breaking down secondary coverage and concerns. The only thing I'll say, you know, you know playing secondary a billion times better than I ever will and, and more about it, but my whole life, young cornerbacks played nickel the year before they got their starting job on the outside. It's been happening forever. Is the only That's thing true. I'll say. It's the only. I mean, I can remember watching Antoine Winfield start as a nickel and have to get outside, and and guys through the years, like you know that 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 year when they're on the verge, but they're not quite one of the starting two corners yet. They're they're the nickelback, you know, and that's how they get their get their uh, you know get that's their be- get beak wet a little bit, right? Yeah, they get their feet wet on the field. That's how I started. I started off as a nickel. Yeah, <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah. TP at I was probably I was probably one of the biggest nickels we had. Well, you know what, Orion Johnson was before me, and I think he was a little bit bigger than me. So, yeah, yeah. So, Dabo, let's talk some more of the uh, some more about something I know a lot about. Dabo's trash hawk here. He took that L from the number eleven team in the country, and he did say some nice things afterwards. But I don't get it, man. I don't understand if I'm a coach. I'm not saying what he said at all. I don't I don't get it. I don't know why he would do that. I don't understand it at all. Well, you know, people's different, you know. I think honestly what I think is he wanted, you know, people would make the excuses for why Clemson won last year. You know, all it was the referees, it was this, it was that. 
And I think maybe he thought to himself, like, you know what? I'm going to eliminate that. I want Ohio State to give us their best shot. So if we beat them, if we beat them, it would be y'all can't say anything. There would be no excuse. You would just understand that Clemson is the better school or the better team. And I think that's why he threw that out there because he wanted Ohio State's best shot so he could go out there and beat us and then be like, ha, I told y'all, stop. You know, I'm we the best. Like, don't even, there's no excuse. I gave, I didn't went out there and then talk bad and disrespected them and everything. And they still, we they, we came in here and we proved why I ranked them as 11 or whatever he was going to say. So I Man. think maybe, maybe that's what he was thinking. That, I, I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the You're guy. getting creative. Yeah, I, I hear you. And then all I would say that is be careful what you ask for. I just, you know, I'm, I'm from the school of like, you know, and we'll talk about him a little bit, Nick Saban and guys like that. You know, Saban could play your boy as a Citadel and we'll talk about them being the greatest team that ever lived. And he hopes Alabama can keep it close. And I think that's the way to do it, man. Don't give your opponents anything, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I always laugh because I think of Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz used to do that. All yeah, time. he did. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, like Rocket is. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't yeah, know how we're yeah. Gonna, he played go out green, there, right? <laughs> he go out there and put up 70 points. Yeah. <laughs> what you talking about? Yeah. Yes, you do know. Yeah. I hope uh, Kent State keeps it close and they don't beat us too badly. You know? yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's the safest thing you can do as a coach. And that would, that's exactly what I would do. I would just be praising everyone on the other team nonstop and – uh, I, it'll be interesting for me, at least, to see if Dabo uh, learned a lesson. Like, because uh, his fans, it's funny how quickly they went from, we love it, man. He's awesome. He gave, he ranked him 11 because he, he speaks his mind and, you know, he's Dabo. We love him. And then they quickly went to, why is he got to be talking trash? You know, like they, they flipped on him a little bit there. Did they? Yes. Yeah, you saw you saw See, the that they ain't loyal. You gotta ride it to the end. Now if you <laughs> you, if you already even jumped in it and said what you said, you gotta stand on what you said. Now you're you, right. you, either go, you either go love them or you go hate them. It's just it ain't no in-between. It ain't no sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. You gotta be all in on one way. Like it's either we're gonna ride with him. He said what he said. We we got hit in the mouth. That's all yeah. we just got hit in the mouth. You know, yeah. next year, hopefully we come back and recuperate and things is better yeah tybus uh have you met fans before though <laughs> yeah yeah <right> about this. <laughs> <laughs> they don't think straight sometimes let me just leave it out there at that i mean right <laughs> uh what a win man for me i don't know uh you know you're obviously younger don't have maybe the history of watching the high state games that i do but this is up there man with the 2003 national championship the win over alabama that you were when you were on that team in 2015 and and this game because just it felt so big it felt so good to just finally get it off the back you know to beat Clemson yeah I understand how that feels I mean for me it was just the fact that they was he was undefeated out had we ever beat them in program history was they five and or four and four and yeah four and yeah so it was definitely like just that right there alone it's just like man we finally got over the hump but see that's the thing I don't want I don't want people to like Okay, so for example, I don't all all season. That's all they heard about was Clemson mm-hmm. beating Clemson. Like y'all got to beat Clemson. This is the final score to Clemson game, and I don't want. That's why after the game, I said what I said. Like, okay, y'all beat them, but that's not why we're here. We're not. No. We're not in playing this game to beat Clemson. No, we we playing this game to win the trophy mm-hmm. and win the ring. So it's like I don't want them to be so like 
happy over this win. Like we, you, you know when you can celebrate it after you win this national championship, then you celebrate the whole season. But I don't want you to think that because that we almost made that mistake. That's yeah, why I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm speaking from experience. Like we almost, we almost did that. Like it was like we beat Alabama, and it was like, man, we already. Yeah. Natty, and then Oregon came and punched us in the mouth, and it was like, all right, hold on now. And I don't want them to do ghost do that because you know, with with as good as Alabama is, like it might not, like you might not have that luxury. You know, you might not yeah. be able to be like, man, we are ready to beat Clemson. You know, that seemed like the national championship game. No, this is definitely it. You need to have all your focus there. So that's my whole take. That's why I'm like, look. Take the LeBron James and the Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was up 2-0 in the finals, and he was still upset. Like, mm -hmm. I ain't celebrating till this is all over with. Like, I ain't, forget that. LeBron won the conference finals last year, sat down on the court. was like, no, we ain't, ain't this ain't no celebration. Yeah, it, very similar, man. I'm glad you brought it up because did you guys, in 2015, did you get the sense that it was a relief for fans to finally beat the SEC like you guys did? Yeah, like I said, it was – we 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 had a great time in the locker room after. It was a great celebration, and it was kind of like even leading up to the game. It was we was in the national championship locker room talking about how this like I don't even feel like the national championship. Like, oh, I hear that. Like <laughs> it was the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. We were sitting there, literally having a conversation about it, like, man, this don't even feel like a championship game. It felt like last week was. Yeah. Um, and that's why we got hit in the mouth early in the game. And it was like, oh, whoa, hold on now. Yeah, let's talk about that national championship. Monday night, 8 p.m., Miami's Hard Rock Stadium. I know you've played a game down there. Uh, number one, Alabama. Number three, Ohio State. Alabama's three and one all time against Ohio State. Won the first meeting in the 1978 Sugar Bowl over Woody Hayes, 35 to six. That's the Bear Bryant kind of roughed him up. 1986, they met in the kickoff classic. Alabama won 16 to 10 to start the season. 1995, they met in the Citrus Bowl. Alabama won 24 to 17 in that one. And then Ohio State's lone win, which you were such a big part of. Uh, the Sugar Bowl college football playoff semifinal in 2015. And you guys won that game 42 to 35 when no one had really given you guys a chance at all. Wow, we only beat them one time. Ah, uh, one and one and three. What stands out in your mind from that game the most? The last time you you played Alabama, uh, that game kind of made me realize like how many dogs we had. Like, cause you, like I said, it's it's a dog fight, and only the strong is gonna survive that game. And whatever team sticks together and stays together throughout the whole team uh, uh, throughout the game the longest is gonna win the game you know and that was the first time it was like man the preparation like really showed up like we prepared for this like all the off-season training all that like it all mattered like you know going through it it just seemed like it's all talk like like as a as an athlete like eh, I, it doesn't really matter if i like do if I don't if I if it says do ten reps and I do nine like does that really matter right and it's like at that point of the season like you, your body's beat up but you still able to perform and it's like yeah it did like that game was the first time that I realized like like the little things matter like it it really do make a difference like being alignment and assignment correct 
matters because if you they're harping on they waiting on you to make a mistake and once you make that mistake they're gonna they're gonna exploit it and that was that's like the number one thing i remember because everybody was playing like lights out like mm-hmm. it was it, it took the whole team it wasn't like a one superstar type thing i mean Brandon, steve miller had a pick six right that's I mean, what i'm saying like it, like with steve like steve really hadn't you ain't even heard steve's name all season like that when he mm-hmm. comes up and shows up and shows up big like we needed steve if it wasn't for steve we wouldn't even probably been in the game so it's like you yeah. need everybody it's not one superstar that's gonna like beat this team it's gonna take all 22 people at positions to get it done and you don't want to be the guy that lets everyone down, man. You don't want to be that guy, right? Especially not on that <laughs> national stage like that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, this uh, Nick Saban, of course, Alabama's coach, uh, has been in games like this so many times. You're you are undefeated against him in college football, which is not. not I know a lot of you know what it feels that's why listen. <laughs> that's why, cause see, this is, a lot of people don't know. My my family is all from Birmingham, Alabama, so they're huge Alabama. Yeah, they oh, all. Oh, I didn't know that. If it's like, for example, my my aunt came up from Alabama, and the first present she bought my daughter was a Alabama cheerleading outfit. And I told her she would never wear that, but that, <laughs> that's, that's rude. Right yeah, it's, it was disrespectful. <laughs> we even even when we house. listen, even when we played, we played Alabama that in that Sugar Bowl, we played them. They showed up to the game like I get them tickets to come to the game to see me. What you think they wear? No, they didn't. They did. I could not believe it. I was like, it was, I couldn't even talk to him. I was like, I have nothing to say to y'all. I really disown y'all right now. I cannot believe it. You know, we down. You know, we here for you. We're cheering for you, but we got to roll with Alabama. So, so to see, that's what I'm saying. So like, then to see me in the game, it's like, they was mad, but they couldn't be because it was me that did it. So it's like, it was like, ah, oh, man. you know, <laughs> yeah, so it was, and I still look at them to this day. Like, I can't believe y'all showed up with that Alabama stuff on to my game to support me. Like, y'all, y'all is crazy. Wow. I had no idea. Uh, you know, who, you know who else's family moved from Alabama to Cleveland area when he was young? Who? Jesse Owens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jesse's a legend. He is, man. You and you, Jesse and Woody, we're gonna put all the statues together. We'll get it. <laughs> Got a little, little bit of juice coming into this game. Uh, some small COVID concerns. It's you know nothing new this season. We'll uh, we'll be dealing with that <laughs> every. This is the last game, I guess. We do have to deal with it in case yeah, twenty twenty one does us dirty again. <laughs> but you know, uh, there was some talk that Ohio State might push. You know, have some COVID concerns requiring the game to be pushed back uh, one week to the makeup date on the eighteenth. But they're gonna play on. Monday night, uh, this is locked in unless something crazy happens at this point. Nick Saban's daughter didn't care. She fired off a tweet the other day. Kristen Saban said us. She said, quote, if you're not confident to play, then say it. I call BS on the COVID cases. <laughs> They're just worried about their quarterback and want him to have more time to heal. If he's hurt, put in your backup. You didn't see us postpone the rest of the season to wait for Waddle. And then she says, just at the end, bye, which is the best part of that tweet. Just drop <laughs> EYE, a bye on us. Okay, bye. Thank you. Uh, deleted it. She got roasted really quickly. I saw Cardell out there roasting her about what backups do to Bama. Uh, she deleted it, deactivated her account, and then she apologized. 
you know Nick Saban probably wanted to kill his daughter at that moment. <laughs> yeah. You know he did. So this is the thing. This is the thing about this. <laughs> this is one of those times where it's like, you know, Nick Saban's tricky Nick is trying not to give them any any extra fire because he's seen what Dabble did. He's one of those ones that he's uh he sees what goes on in front of him, so he's not gonna repeat what happened. So, you know, that's why he's all trying to be. Yeah, they're a great team. You know, we're trying to wonder how we're going to stop this and that type thing. And for his daughter to give them some fire, it's like, man, why would you do that type thing? And for her to come back and try to apologize for it, it, it for me, see, for me, it's like, no, stand on what you said. Like you just said what you said. It is what it is. Now, if it's up there, it's stuck there. It ain't no apologize. It ain't no. coming back down. It, no. You just said it. It's up there. Yeah. So now it's stuck there. We going off of that. All right. So we see how you feel. Which you know, it's gonna make the victory that much sweeter. And you know what will really make it sweet? And we up by so many points that the backup quarterback comes in and he actually scores the <laughs> down the field and scores. It really would make it that much. She's really <laughs> she gonna have to avoid Twitter if that happens. But yeah, you know Nick's not pleased at all just for the way he handles his stuff. And we're gonna see, man. Heck of a game. Alabama's offense is out of control. Wide receiver Devontae Smith just won the Heisman. As uh, he should. As he should. He deserves this. He won 105 catches in college football this year. 105. Yeah, he deserves it. <laughs> he is he deserved it 100 percent If he didn't get it. I would have known it was fixed. 1,600 yards, 1,641 to be exact. 20 touchdowns as to a receiver in college. That's insane, too. Uh, Heisman winners are 5-3 and three in the college football playoff, but 0-1 against Ohio State in the college football playoff. I, you guys took care of uh, Marcus Mariota that year, so uh, we got that going historically. His quarterback, Mac Jones, man, finished third in the Heisman voting. 77% completion, 4,000 yards, 36 touchdowns, four interceptions. You got this guy, Jalen Waddle, a wide receiver, who's, you know, probably going to be able to come back for this game. He's missed most of the season. He, uh, you know, Devontae Smith won the Heisman, but Waddle might be a better receiver, as crazy as that is to sound. He played in only four games before hurting his ankle in October. Each of those four games he played in, he's had 120 yards in every game. Hmm. Uh, 25 receptions, almost 600 yards, four touchdowns in four games. Ridiculous. Running back Najee, Najee Harris. Might be the nation's best running back. He's got 1,400 rushing yards, 24 touchdowns. Uh, offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian has him humming, you know, sets school records left and right, points, yards, everything, won the Royals Award as the nation's top assistant. This Ohio State defense is going to have their hands full, man. I'm a little nervous. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, this is very similar to when we played them. It was kind of like this, except the quarterback wasn't Mac Jones. But outside of that, you know, they had Amari Cooper, who was in the Heisman. They had uh, Derrick Henry, <laughs> who ended up winning the Heisman next year. But, yeah, you know, it's, you know, Alabama's always had a, has a great offense. And, you know, according to Tricky Nick, that is what win championships nowadays. So, with that being said, it would be it would give me a great joy to see them shut them down, or they at least got to contain them. Because you know, I look at this and it jumps off the sheet at you. You know, it's one of those things that like it could scare you, but mm, then yeah. 
Then I started thinking, well, you know, we got Chris Olave. You know, we mm-hmm. played 12 games. Who knows how many yards he would have had? You know, right. they got Jalen Waddle. Hmm, we got Gary Wilson. You know, it, it's, it, you know, it, they got Mac Jones. We got Justin Fields. They got Najee Harris. We got Trey. So it's, you know, it goes back and forth. It's kind of like, you know, our offense is just as high powered as their offense. So, which actually helps the defense for both teams because they, you know, they go against them all the time. Yes. So, you know, They've seen it. So it's not going to be overwhelming to them. You know, like other teams don't have, it's not fortunate enough to see things. So when they go against Alabama, it's like, this is the first time we ever seen this. Like they, they're way faster than we thought they would be. They're better than we thought they would be. Well, Ohio State's defense has the luxury of going against their own offense who simulates Alabama's offense very well. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much kind of the same thing. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think Ohio State will be overwhelmed by their offense, nor do I think, you know, to Alabama's credit, I don't think they will be overwhelmed by our offense either. But I think it will come to, you know, the play calling and who makes the better decision, what quarterback makes the better decision with the ball. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because it, it's very easy for fans to get nervous about what they see on the Alabama side. But in Alabama right now, their fans are nervous right right now as well. I guarantee it because – this Ohio State team is talented. You know, it's the most talented team Alabama is going to see this year. And it's the most talented team that Alabama will typically see in a long time because, you know, you got a couple teams at the very top that have all this talent in terms of recruiting and whatnot. And the last 10 years, man, the two that probably have the most talent are Ohio State and Alabama, for being honest. So, and you know what? I hate to say it, but I love to say it. This is the only time you'll ever hear me say this. Our tight ends make a difference. <laughs> they do. They do. We don't see nothing about their tight ends. I don't even know who their tight end is, but you know, our tight ends coming off of three touchdowns. So, you know. They do. That might, be, that might be the X factor right there. Yeah. The, you know, Bama's defense is not great. Not a typical, you know, remember what Nick said at the beginning of the year when he switched don't over? Don't even get me started on He that. doesn't even care about defense anymore. So, we're going to take advantage of that. And they've had They've had problems with tight ends this year. You nailed it, man. They're going to be they're going to do well in this game, and Day's going to use them. Uh, Saban talked about Ohio State's offensive diversity. Bucks averaging over two fifty running and passing, which is perfect. That's what you want. A lot of passing weapons. He Saban talked about, you know, how well Ohio State does, at, you know, on both lines of scrimmages. You know, talking about the Ohio State, you know, offensive line and and their defensive line, how well they hold up. Buckeyes got all those skill players you just mentioned. They're playing hot. Uh, Ohio State's offensive line is outstanding. And you know what? I think the Ohio State defense is getting better every week, man. I really do. I don't know if I'm just, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and thinking happy fan thoughts. But, I, you know, I thought they turned in a game against Clemson and got me excited for this. No, they definitely have gotten a lot better for sure, especially the defensive line. They've been getting after it. And, and the linebackers play has been very well as well. And one of the things that we don't talk about a lot is that Alabama always has a history of struggling with mobile quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So I can just imagine Justin Fields thinking like, man, you know, it it might be on him this game. He like, I got to extend the plays as best as I can. If our, if our receivers can't get open, I got to use my legs more this game, which, you know, he don't seem like the type of guy that wants to do that. You know, he has the ability to do it, but he always, he wants to throw first. But this might be one of those games where he might have to tuck in and run a couple of times. Yeah, we'll see what shakes out, man. They got uh, a lot of talent on both sides, and they get to Mac Jones, get some blitzes on him, and and get pressure on him. And and, and Ohio State performs like they have in the in the last few games on the defensive line. Then 
we're in for a treat. I don't know, you know, Bama's favored by eight over under 75. What do you, what do you see as a final score? Uh, 41, no, 42, mm, 31, 42-31 O-State, obviously. Okay. I am at 45-37, so we're kind of close. Why are you uh, always doing this? <laughs> you know, he's trying to be close to me. Hey, I can go first. I'm not copying. <laughs> 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 I don't mind. I'm wrong a lot. I know you cop. It's just two good minds. That's, that's how I'm going to treat it, man. Two good minds uh, thinking alike is how I'm going to treat it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we're both in for a high state to win the game. 8 o'clock Monday night in Miami. We will have more on that next week. But, man, it's uh, it's going to be a heck of a game. Other news this week in college football, Justin Fields won the Big Ten uh, Chicago Tribune Silver Football, which goes to the MVP of the league. Got 12 out of 13 first place votes. Who was a hater? You got any guesses? <laughs> no, it wasn't him. Someone I, was hating. I, Someone I, was hating. Listen, I know that old Jimmy didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know he did. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> Someone that was hating. Yeah, 22nd Buckeye to win it. You know, Fields is 73% completions right now, almost 2,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, another 300 on the ground, five touchdowns there. Seventh Buckeye in the last nine years to win the award, uh, third in a row. Uh, Chase Young, Young won it in 2019, Dwayne won it in 18, JT in 2016, Zeke in 15, then Braxton won it in 2012 and 13. You play with quite a few of those guys, huh? Yeah, I did, man. Some okay. talent's rolling through here, hasn't it? Go Bucks! <laughs> now we got to talk about your guy Tom Herman now. Oh my God! You 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 were his hype man. You let him do a bowl <sighs> victory, man. You you hyped his team to a big bowl victory. <laughs> you know, because you know why? Because they listen to the show. I'm telling you, <laughs> all coaches listen to the show. It's the hottest show in the coaching ranks, man. They know what they're doing. Three weeks after Texas athletic director Chris Del Cani issued a statement saying Herman would be back next season. They fired him, man. They're bringing in uh, Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian, who's previously he had reneged, coach. He man. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't, you can't yeah. believe these guys, can you? I cannot believe it. At the way he's done, like, I, okay, so he lost a couple of recruits. But, I mean, he lost them. Look who he lost them to. He lost them to the Ohio State University. You can't really blame the recruits here. I mean, like, Obviously, it wasn't the greatest year for Texas, but they finished strong. Like that's that leaves a lot of hope. Like maybe yeah. they turn. And then, like the defense, we we was laughing. Well, we weren't laughing. I was concerned about the defense at the beginning of the year, but they turned the page around towards the end of the year. They actually started playing really well, man. It was like, yeah, like, man, just let it go. Give it one more year. But they, I guess Texas is just desperate, man. They right. They need it now. It's my money and I need it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chris Ash may be uh, in the job market soon. Texas did beat Colorado 55 to 23 in the Alamo bowl, but like I said, they would, I mean, that's kind of the problem though, right? That was his second straight Alamo bowl. You know, and he played in one Texas Bowl in his four it years. Be it's better than the Little Caesars Bowl. Not by much. If you're, <laughs> if you're Texas, you want sugar, orange, rose, you know, you want one of those bowls. You don't want to be playing listen, in the – Listen, Rome wasn't built in a day. Like, how, like, how many years has Herman been at Texas? Three, four? four? Four seasons. And another problem he had, too, was recruiting. You know, high State's going in there, taking the best players out of that state. You can, you can bet Sarkeesian's going to go hard at Quinn Ewers, the quarterback who's ranked number one in the 2022 class that's his first thing right for sure 
you know, unless I mean, but it's just right now, you know, it's going to be difficult to try to flip that commitment at this. Like, it's just no way. Like, right. But then again, the kid is from Texas and he really grew up a Texas fan. So it, it might not be that challenging. But I mean, you got to look at how well Ohio State's playing. You got to see how Justin Fields is playing. And, right. Know, how, like the quarterback development that's going on, like you, you can't overlook that. You got to think about your future as much as you can when, when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, that's a big part of it. And then another thing, evidently too, is uh, evidently current players on the on the Texas team were negatively recruiting against their own school, telling kids not to go there. <laughs> and that that's a five alarm fire if you got that going oh, on. Man. <laughs> that's problems right there, right? Jeez, it's worse than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come here, yo. It sucks. Like that's man. the worst thing you can have. Yeah. Well, if that was going on, I mean you can't really man, you can't be mad. It's not Herbert's fault that, that, that the player that that he can't get the recruits if the players is doing that. Like they sabotaging themselves. You're like, too a, nice to him, man. You're a recruit. I mean, I, I understand that, you know, if it might a lot of programs might not work for everybody. Well, right. if that's the case, you need to transfer and like go find you somewhere else. But like you should never try to hurt your own school with recruiting. No, no I agree. Like that, that makes no sense to me. Like, you think that's cool, but, like, now you're going to be – you're going to get older and your school's not going to get any better, and now you're going to be embarrassed to say that you went there. And yeah, we're not good point. Good like, point. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid, man. Things got just awful if that's if that truly is the case down there. Uh, we don't have any games to pick this week. We we have one, I guess, but you and I both picked the same game, and I knew that we would both, <laughs> we'd both pick the same way in that game, and I knew there was no sense doing it. So you clinched the title last year, man, or this this year, I should say. You took, in the final game of the year, your pick of the week, you took Cincinnati getting seven and a half against Georgia. They should have won that game, man. <laughs> Do you have Luke's number? Because you need to text him some clock management skills, man. Oh my God, they was about to, they were literally like two minutes away from opening the door for every little school, well, not little school, but any not big name school to get into the top four. Like they were that close and they blew it. I can't believe they blew it. Oh my goodness. They was, they going to make history. Like every small school was rooting for Cincinnati to win. And Cincinnati was the better team. Like they were better. Coach. Yeah. Absolutely. And they just, they, it's always the finish, man. I, I keep preaching it. It's the finish. They did not finish correctly. Did uh, they did small schools dirty? They, that's the one they should have won. They were up the whole game. They had like a 99% uh, odds to win percentage late in the fourth. And Luke threw on third and two and, or Luke's offensive corner. One of the guys did whoever called it. And they, 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 <laughs> they called plays with like 12 seconds left on the clock. Like, Come on, man. Get that win. Do everything you got to do to get the win. But anyway, you got that with the seven and a half points. You got the win there. Uh, I took Indiana giving up eight points to Ole Miss, a very bad Ole Miss team that was four and five. Mm. And Ole Miss just went out there and beat Indiana straight up. So uh, you hate to see it. And, and just kind of like the Cincinnati thing, man. You know, we're frustrated that Cincinnati let down all these. Indiana let down future teams like Indiana and the Big Ten that aren't the big names because – you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. You go out there and lay an egg like this, man. So yeah. uh, for them to have had this season that they've had, you know, it kind of just right. What this game basically showed is like Indiana was still the same Indiana, man. They, they got the chance and the talent to do it. 
Mm-hmm. But it's just like they when it comes down to it, they just never cross that bridge. Like they need to take that step. And it's like they're right there, but obviously they still haven't taken that step. And that's what this game just proved. Like the same thing. Sure did, man. So you finished eleven and three. I finished nine and five. Both good records, but eleven and three is really, really impressive, man. If you uh <laughs> neither was Campbell, but like if, if you did, you'd you'd have some money right now. Man, I, listen, <laughs> I you I ain't gonna do it because, like I say, once you start putting money, oh yeah, yeah, that's when the stuff just goes south. It just don't. It seems to never work anymore. I just like doing it for fun. I uh, hear we need to come up with a with a small trophy, something that we pass back and forth every year. So you would have it for the next year until I, I got, take- I, yeah, I got it. Loser eats Reaper wings. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get into that next year. Uh, too, too, <laughs> no, too, next year. Huh? Too late to make the bet this year. I hate it. I'm, I'm sorry to do that to you. It's too late, but yeah, we need, we might need like a little trophy too. Something for the desk you know, that goes back and forth. We could etch our names on it, you know, on the side of like, say, Tyvis Powell, 2020, or, you know, I'm taking it next year. I got to figure out what it is, but I'm going to get it next year. I know I can feel it. But congratulations, my friend. You earned it fair and square. You are the uh, game-picking champion. I appreciate that. You've been such a good sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you, uh, you crushed me. 11-3 and three is outstanding. Uh, it's time for Wax Stories. You know what we do. Tyvis shares an epic story from his days as a Buckeye, bringing you inside the nation's premier college football program. What do you got for us this week, bud? Well, this this week, I'm going to take you through, like, basically the national championship, my experience, you know, all that week. So that week, you know, once we found out that we were going against Oregon, um, I think we had, like, a week maybe to prepare, kind of similar to – what it is maybe like 10 days i can't remember the exact amount but it was a short amount of time it wasn't a lot like the preparing for the sugar bowl i think we had like two or three weeks for the sugar bowl but for this one they kind of they tried to keep it like a regular game week so they cut the time down a little bit so coming into that week <laughs> all they was the biggest concern was that Oregon does that fast tempo offense. Mm-hmm. So we would get to practice, and the way the defense would practice was um, they would have two offenses in practice. So the first offense would snap the play, and literally 16 seconds later, the next offense would have been and ran to the line, lined up, and at 16 seconds, they snapped the ball again. So it was like – it felt like a track meet for a whole week of preparation. So much to the point that, like, that was, like, the number one thing on the defense's mind. Like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like they, it's, it's so fast. <laughs> like, you you think 16 seconds ain't that fast. It is so fast. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, I was sitting out there like, oh, my God. Oh, I, 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 like, you got to hurry up. You got to get the play, call the play mm-hmm. in, make your checks and adjustments. And by the time all that is taking place, they didn't been to snap the ball. So the, so the game plan got dumbed down. It was kind of like, like we only running one play the whole game. <laughs> like, th- this is what we're running. Y'all make sure y'all know how to check and adjust off of this, but this is basically what we're gonna do all game. So <laughs> we get to the game, <laughs> get in the game, we get in the locker room, and as I said earlier on the show, we in the locker room and we discussing it. You know, it's me, me and a couple of the guys. I ain't gonna throw their names out there, but it was me, a couple of the defensive guys. We all sitting there, 
And, you know, we chilling. We chilling right there, just sitting in the locker room, chilling. We already got dressed and whatnot right before we go out. We sitting there talking about how, like, just it just don't feel like the national championship. Like, you know, as a kid and as a fan, you would think, like, it's hyped up. Like, yeah, right. you you juiced up. It's the it's the championship game. And it was like we all was like, man, it's just just another game to us, man. Like, it's like a regular Saturday game. Nothing special. You know, what whoop you do? Till we got out on that field. <laughs> Till we got out on that field. And I remember coming out the tunnel. <laughs> and when we came out the tunnel, one of the cheerleaders had got ran over. So uh-oh. she like slipped and fell. Or we might have ran her. I'm not really 100% sure. But if you ever go back and look when we come out, you know how they hold they hold the flags coming out. So it's like O-H-I-O-S. Right, yeah. One of the yeah. letters is missing because one of them got trampled. <laughs> one of, one of the, I can't remember what letter it was, but one of the letters definitely missing. So now I gotta yeah, go back and watch go it. You're gonna be like, oh my god, it really did happen. So, so we come out, we, that happens, and you know, everybody knows how the first drive starts. You know, they go down, boom, they score. And we come to the sideline, and you know, we getting chewed out. You know, Coach Fick was on the sideline, Coach Ash was in the box. So Coach Fick was like you know, he gave us that that talk. Like, listen, this national championship game. I don't know why y'all thought that it was gonna be easy for y'all. This is the Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. quarterback. Y'all know they're gonna make plays. They are good. And you know, we got a lot of respect for them because like they came out really hard. Like before that game, I was thinking like the average person, like it's the Pac-12, it's a passing league. All they do is seven on seven. They running backs probably don't even run the ball hard, but they right. holding that thing that first. I can't even lie, they was really running that ball hard. So you know, the game goes on, and I remember, you know, things start going our way. We catch a little momentum. We go up, and then right before halftime, you know, they're, they're driving down the field, and they're about to score again. <laughs> we get to the, the the fourth and goal play with, with, with me. <laughs> and all season long, we called this play, like, a bunch of times. And I remember in practice, Coach Ash would be like, you know, they would be like, Tyrus, let me ask you this. If this B gap opens up, who do you think is responsible for it? Now, if a coach, little side note, if a coach ever <laughs> asks you that, if the coach ever asks you that, it's probably you. So I'm yep. like, me, right? So I knew the answer. I'm like, I know it's me. But we ran it a bunch of times and it never happened. Like, you know, our defensive line was always good at plugging up gaps. So it never happened. Mm-hmm. I'm finding out this national championship game, it opened like the Red Sea. I, it was clear, it's clear as day. It's, it's, it's one of them reads that as a safety, it's like it kind of scares you a little bit. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, you're not used to just like shooting the gap. Like, because you're no. not, you're never down there. So I'm like, oh my God, this is me. Let me go. <laughs> so I took <laughs> off. I took off. And like I say, the running back actually, he got the best of me. Like, we, we made contact, boom, and he like got me. But thank God, this is when I knew that this, this, this is how I knew we was going to win the game 100%. That happened. And it seemed like not even two seconds after me and him collided, it felt like it was 10 defensive guys jumping on to help me. And I said, thank you, Jesus, because I wasn't going to be able to do it without y'all. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I didn't have – he got the best of me. The jig is up. He got me. Y'all got to help. And they came in and they helped me. I was like, man, like, they really there for me. Like, like if I felt some type of way, like, man, like, these is my guys. Man. They, they see me struggling, and they was there to help me, right? But what a lot of people don't know is – after that hit, you go back and watch the tape. I'm just laying on the ground, 
because I, <laughs> I was hurt. Like, I was hurt. Before, like, like maybe two or three weeks before that, I had sprained my AC joint oh. in one of my shoulders. So, like, it was already kind of weak. After I made that contact with him, I hit the other shoulder. That shoulder was messed up. So I'm laying on the ground like, oh, my God. Like, like I think I'm done. Like, this, this, <laughs> I don't think I can keep playing like this. This is it's unbelievable. So I get up. They get me up. I go to the sideline. We go in at halftime, and I'm talking. I'm talking to Doug, and I'm like, Doug, man, like, give me some ibuprofen or something. Like, I need something. My shoulder is hurt. So he gives me the he gives me the little pill. Boom! I go out there. I'm good. Go out there. We finish the game, and and I remember. So it was like four. It was like a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter, and we on the sideline. And we were, at this point, we knew the game was over. We was gonna win. And one of the guys walks up to me, and he goes. He goes, Tyvis, after the game, you need, you need, I'm going to come find you. Mm. You need to come up on the podium. And I'm like, why would I do that? Like, what you talking about? He was like, they didn't tell you you win an MVP of this game. You win yeah, you did. He's like, you win a defensive MVP. I was like, bro, stop. Listen, <laughs> don't play with me like that, right? You can't be just throwing that type of stuff out there because, like, I get excited <laughs> for stuff like that. Who wasn't, he, right? he like, he, he take his phone out. He's like, you don't believe me? I said, no. He take his phone out, and he shows me the text. It says, offense MVP, Ezekiel Elliott, defense MVP, Tyrus Powell. I lost my mind. I was like, what? I was like, stop, man. This is like, this is like a dream come true. Like, like every kid, everybody that plays college football dreams of being in the national championship. Mm -hmm. Very rarely do you dream of actually winning MVP of the thing. Yeah. So it was like, man. Cherry on top. Right. So for me, it was just so surreal. And it's like, I didn't even, like, I didn't even really feel like I did a lot. Like, I just, you know, I think what really threw it over the top was definitely that fourth down or that fourth and goal play. Like, that had to be what solidified. But I just, yeah, going up there, man, and I just, after the game, man, all that, like, so they would tell us, like, you know, when you win championships, like you, you get all this confetti. He, Coach Mick, like it'd be so much confetti you could take it home with you. <laughs> and you know, we the year before we didn't we didn't really get to see it because we lost to Michigan State and mm-hmm. and the, the Big Ten championship. So like that was that's like in my mind. Like we, I, it was the saddest time of my life to walk off that field and see that confetti fall and know that it's not for you. Is it crushes you? So from that moment on, it was like it, that confetti's gonna be mine no matter what. <laughs> right, right. But they shot the gold confetti up. So like I ain't know it was gonna be like this. <laughs> so we down on the ground doing snow angels and everything. You gotta make sure you get a you get a bunch of confetti, you put it in your, your pants and your hat, and make sure you take the confetti home and keep it forever. Yeah, that's and awesome. I just I just remember going in the locker room, man. We danced and partied so much in that locker room, man. It was just like, like wow. I had this. I had to literally tell myself, like, wow, like Tyrese, you a national champion. Like, I cannot believe it. You a national champion. Like all the hard work, yeah, and everything that we went through in this season, man, it was all worth it. And the last thought that I I had for that night was. Man, I can't wait to go do it again. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about that part. but uh, Yeah, you said it, man. All that hard work, and you got that night to remember for the rest of your life. 
Yeah, and every time I see that picture, man, it's the I get the same thought. Like, man, the one hanging we, around town, that one. Ooh, yeah, it, every time I see it, it's just like, man, we did it. Like, we did yeah. it. Like, every time I see somebody that was on that team, like that's the first. Like, we did. We won. We was on the highest stage of football together. Like that won the first ever right, college like football. Nobody player. can take that from like for the rest of my life. Like no matter what, like can nobody ever say that I did not win a national championship? And it's like that's just the, one of those things that's just like man, I'm like, jealous, man. I made a mark on this earth, like type. You thing. did, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally jealous, man. I think that that you, you don't understand how many fans would kill to trade and and, and have been on that team that night, you know, because you, you guys will have that forever. You'll be telling your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids. And, you know, that's something that, that nobody could ever take away from what you guys did. Yeah. And I just pray to God, man, that they get the same thing going. Like, like on one day, I hope they all get to experience that same thing. Feels eerily similar, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's, I mean, it feels like, man, I wish I could be there to, like, like, I wish I was playing, like, because I know what it takes. Like, I've done it. Yeah. I know what it takes to do it. And it's like, I wish that, it's like, somebody was there, like, somebody from the team that won it, I should say, was there to, like, tell them. But, you know, like, Coach Mick was there, and all the coaches, was some of the – half the coaches was there. So, it's like, they know what it takes. So, they definitely going to have them ready to go. Right. Yeah. And if this is a normal year, you could be at the whack barking at them and just let them know what it means, man. You know? Yeah. But uh, it's going to be a banger, man. Eight o'clock Monday night. That was a great story, man. I'm so jealous. And I, I know uh, everyone that's a Ohio State fan was so elated that night. And, and just what you guys did was so magical and so cool. And it's something I know you'll remember forever. But, you know, you guys, maybe players don't think about this often, but fans will remember that forever too. Like you made memories for us, you know, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I guess we don't think about that a lot, but I mean, you guys had it, but fans are smiling too. You know, it felt like we were. You know, I didn't, I didn't get hurt, didn't put a helmet on, but I was, I was on cloud nine that night. It felt really, really good, man. It was a cool feeling. For sure. Yeah. So, congrats and thank you. And that was a heck of a story, man. And hopefully, these guys can get it done. Monday night. Uh, we're going to close the show with going for three, which kind of feels anticlimactic to talk about these fools after what you, <laughs> what you just told me, but uh, there's still a hot mess up there, man. Uh, going for three <laughs> is our weekly roast to the Michigan Wolverines. And what you got right now in Ann Arbor is Jim Harbaugh leaving this team dangling in the wind right now, which is insane to me. He's supposed to have signed a contract extension right through 2026, but they haven't inked it yet. You know, there's rumors and, you know, this is a guy that's what 49 and 22 at Michigan, 34 and 16, the Big Ten in six seasons. What two and four this year? Finished last in the Big Ten East. Good. Yeah, right. <laughs> good, good. One and six at home against Michigan State and Ohio State should be one and seven because Ohio State. Um, I guess that would have been next year. But yeah, one and six at home against Michigan State. Duck the Buckeyes this year. Uh, defensive coordinator Don Brown, Dr. Blitz is the new defensive coordinator of Arizona. He's gone. You got current players up there saying they have no idea what's going on with the head coach. He's actively flirting with the NFL right now. Uh, wants the job out in San Diego, may want some other jobs, doesn't know what he's going to do. MGoBlog.com, the site of record for Michigan fans. It's effectively a college basketball site these days. If you go look at the front page, it's like 10 basketball stories and nothing else. So they switched <laughs> complete gears. Uh, just imagine, 
I'm telling you right now, OSU fans, if, the, if this were reversed and we're waiting to hear from our coach who wasn't that good and we didn't like that much and he was like, I'll let you know, I got to you know hear from the NFL first, we would be marching on his house right now. There would be fans <laughs> outside. I'm telling you right now, they'd be in his driveway barking at him right now. Would not happen down here. That's see, that's where you're wrong. I don't I don't think that to be true because if Ohio State coach went two or four, he would have already been gone. <laughs> well, you're right there. It wouldn't be no let me think about flirting with the NFL. You won't have a job in Columbus anymore. They would have been and packed your house up and sent you on your way. They'd have taken his headset at halftime of one of the games. <laughs> I'll tell you right about that. So uh keep doing what you're doing, Michigan. It's really sad to see. <laughs> but but no one in Columbus is uh, no one in Ohio at least is feeling sorry for you right now and I don't I love to see it. I, I hope all the bad things in life come to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep keep being awful and uh, you know we had a good show man I had a lot of fun tonight that that uh, national championship story was fantastic and I'm tell you what that Birmingham family story was pretty funny too I did I never knew that. Yeah, they off the hook. I can't believe it. It it shows where their loyalty lies. I can They really wore Alabama gear to that I, game. Oh, I, I swear, I could not believe. I didn't talk to him. I was like, <laughs> I, I walked away. I seen him. She talking about give me a hug. I walked away, and I, oh have, my I really, I rarely have said anything to them since that day. That's dirty. <laughs> and it, these, these is like my first cousins. This yeah, is my first cousin. Yeah. So like I see them all the time, but it's like I can't really like I can't believe you. It is like that's unforgivable. Like I can't believe like, wow. It is. Wow, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you, man. On my behalf, I apologize for your family. That's uh we can't choose your family, man. Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of No Cap. We had a blast tonight. Uh, Bucks again Monday night, big game against Alabama for the national championship. We will be back next week recapping it all, and I'm, you know, I feel like we'll be talking about another championship next week. So I got, I got good vibes heading into this. Same.